Have you seen a Roomba map a room before or a floor? It starts to move things on its own. Yeah. Under the influence of substances, it was a very fun watch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Windy City Wingers podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Fire, Chicago Red Stars, and a trip around the world for a soccer update from all over the globe. My name is Alex. I'm joined, as always, by Brady and Dave. Boys, how are we feeling two weeks into the season? (laughs) It is an audio medium. (laughs) Dave is shrugging his shoulders because no goals yet. (laughs) Yes. However, the team is undefeated. How about that? No goals conceded. (laughs) Quick shout out. Ian, fine producer for our podcast, helping us turn our Drabble into the fine audio quality product that it is. Thank you to Jen for helping us run our social media accounts. Well, the big talks in the soccer world from this past weekend have got to be the Liga MX game, the matchup between Atlas and Caritaro. Caritaro. Yeah. Really close. Thank you, Spanish professor. <laughs> there was a brawl, big brawl, yeah? Did either of you see videos? No. no. I would so recommend pictures. to anyone not to look for any videos. It is scary, uh, sad, made me quite angry. Um, just don't do it. Mm. Uh, and I know that as soon as I say that, everyone's going to go to the, their phones. Oh, what just happened? Don't. Yeah, I kind of want to look it up now. It was but. terrifying. It was scary stuff. So League MX has a penchant for some violence in the stands, but it's never been this bad. I've never seen it in this way. Uh, I can't think of anything more violent than I've seen before. And then we should probably go into some of the, not necessarily cover up, but there's yeah. a lot of different reports about how many people were hurt and how uh-huh. severely people were hurt, if not killed. So that was, it was scary stuff. Uh, it happened right around the 61st minute of the game itself, which is just a one nothing game. And it just shows mob mentality. It's where fandom goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Really scary stuff. You could see parents leading their kids out to the tunnels and the teams opened up their locker rooms to allow like scared fans to go through them to get out of the stadium faster and safer. And even outside the stadium, it got violent too. It was terrifying stuff. Yeah. And according to the governor's statement, there uh, were no deaths as a result of this violence. However, the fans that attended uh, are saying there definitely were deaths that occurred. So seems to be a certain amount of cover up going on here as well. Multiple sources say that deaths occurred. Official statement says none. Fans say, oh, yeah. There definitely was. So makes you think what's really going on here. Yeah. And I think any cover-up makes no sense at all. Like these fans should be punished there. I mean, and not every person there was a part of the problem, but this was not good. And the security needs to be looked at as well. How does something like this even start? And boy, did it start. Ugh. 
Now, Brad, you mentioned that Liga MX has a reputation for violence. Has anything like this occurred previously, to the best of your knowledge? Anything on this level? Way in the past. And what I meant by that wasn't necessarily that it's even true. It's just something that you just see. Mm-hmm. And they're so passionate. The fans of Mexican soccer mm-hmm. are so, so passionate. Right. And I love that about soccer. And this is just where it spills over and it's too much. Yeah. And in fact, I would argue these aren't fans. These are, you know, bad people that then either were intoxicated or the mob mentality. When you're surrounded by people saying this or not even saying it, but just doing actions and then mm-hmm. walking by someone and deciding to kick someone who's already down. Like that's where it goes wrong for me. And we as humans yeah. need to evolve past this sort of just tribalistic way that we can end up being because we are animals in the end, but we should be evolved past that. Come on, let's use our brains. Yeah. I think the game has had so much history to it. You can't just say that it's like this particular league as well. Like hooliganism has often come too close. And now in Europe, you can't even have a beer within like view of the field anymore in a lot of like areas. So I mean, Uh it seems to be tied to the game historically and it doesn't really make sense. Like, cause it has nothing to do with the game. And then like Brady said, at what point are these people just, you know, bad people taking advantage and hiding behind their hooliganism? versus like actual fans. So, yeah. Well said. I hope that everyone who was involved uh, is able to make a full recovery. If there were in fact, no deaths, if there were, um, that's, uh, you know, it is is a game. Yeah. Yeah, It is a game game. at the end of the day. It is not worth anyone on the pitch or off passing. Totally agree. Liga MX canceled the rest of their games on the weekend. Yeah. It would kind of surprise me if they just went on per normal this following weekend as well. I it's that's wild stuff. Yeah, really is. And needs addressing. Moving back to the Windy City. Starting off with some Red Stars news. Uh the season has not started yet. However, preseason tournament has. Yes, they traveled to Portland. They played a game on Saturday against the U.S. Women's National Team U23s. That's a pretty fun competition, and we only just learned about it. So thank you, Red Stars, for that. Uh, they play a game on Tuesday, which, listener, you won't know about this until after it's released. Apologies. And then on Friday against Portland Thorns. And that's just getting our feet under us, getting our legs going. Uh That's really all the news we have so far for the Red Stars. Again, the first competitive match will be on March 20th, and we'll preview that next week. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Moving over to the fire. Home opener game happened this past week on March 5th against Orlando City. Hoping for a win, hoping for a goal. Got neither. Nil, Mm -hmm. nil, draw was the final result. Second nil, nil, draw in a row. For the fire. So, have yet to score a goal, have yet to concede a goal, have yet to win a game, yet undefeated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right down <laughs> now, the middle. Dave, Brad, you two are at the game. I'm really going to let you take the reins on the breakdown because you were there, obviously. Tell us, how was it? How were the vibes? It was great to be there live. Super fun. I... I bigger crowd than I've seen there in a while. That was great to see. 
Uh, people were juiced about Shakiri and made their thoughts known. Anytime he touched the ball, the stadium would rise. Even if he wasn't even close to doing anything important at the time, stadium was still very much watching exactly what he did. So that was fun to see. Definitely. Everybody was like said it now that kind of looking back on a lot of people were quick to their feet, even in, in kind of abnormal places. So yeah, mm-hmm. that definitely kind of stuck in my head looking back on it, you know, like even when we were just beginning to penetrate, people were kind of getting antsy and standing up. So that was fun. It was good to see a bunch, a lot more people than normal and then have them cheering along with us. It's good. Makes sense early in the year. Anxious fans, they forget how hard it is to score in a soccer game. Plus the new signings get you amped up. Uh, it was weird weather on Saturday in terms of it was really warm and a storm was coming in. So then you got cold breezes. How was the weather in the stadium? Swirling, just tornado <laughs> yeah. of activity. You couldn't tell which way the wind was blowing at what time. And huh. I think it was blowing a different direction on the opposite side of the field. It just weird wow. stuff. It was weird. Okay. You could feel a nice warm breeze because it was really nice out. Uh, yeah. And then 20 seconds later, a just freezing cold one would blast by. It was almost like you could take out huh. your stopwatch and time it. Very weird. Weird. Should have remembered that the lake was that yeah. close because <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I wore like just jeans and like Under Armour, and that was a mistake. Absolute mistake. Should have been long underwear, sweats, like should have done that. But you would have been sweating at times during the game. That's true too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, so you could watch the flag above the field and it was just going different directions every five minutes, but straight. So the wind was blowing. They just didn't know what to do. Goal kicks were pretty fun because no one knew where it was going to (laughs) land, including the players. Mm -hmm. Okay. and. This leads me to Fasundo Torres on Orlando City. Just pulled ball, dropping down out of the sky, wind swirling, and he settled this thing. No issue. Just dead ball. I got up on on my feet, and this is an opponent, and I was freaking out like, that's amazing. And everyone else (laughs) around me is like, what What are you reacting to? (laughs) Can you do that? Can you try that? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. They were at the mercy of the elements. Certainly. Unfortunately, the game itself, the best thing to celebrate was a no goal VAR over rule Mm. uh, handball. And Dave and I saw it. And so I don't even think we reacted that hard because we saw the handball in the buildup. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, 0.4 expected goals for Chicago, 0.2 for Orlando, and that wow. pretty much sums up the game. <laughs> huh. Left a lot to be desired. It, I don't know. We, we'll talk about it a bit more now, but it, it was rough. <laughs> yeah. So I, what um, was there a lack of opportunity for the fire, a lack of creativity? Did each... It seemed like each opponent knew the other one and knew what they were going to try to do. So we're able to successfully nip it in the, bu- in the bud. In your professional or amateur analyses, Dave, amateur analyses, Brady, professional analyses, and no offense, Dave, it's just what Brady does. What, what do you think was the cause for the nil-nil draw and the lack of uh, expected goals? I feel like they just don't know each other well enough yet. We're still figuring mm. things out. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. It's that last touch that's kind of lacking. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's too new. And I think obviously we're all hyped up with the new season, but we need to taper our expectations a little bit. So. Sure. Sure. Uh, I think Hyro can't get here soon enough. I think he will be in yeah. game changer for sure. Um, both teams played same system and both teams have been working on the same things in the preseason. Let's get mm. our foundation down. Let's make sure nothing's getting past us. And I, I mean this specifically, Orlando did a really good job in this game. Nice structure in the midfield and the fire really couldn't go through it and yet kept trying and never really mm-hmm. attempted to go around because I think our final third stuff, we haven't started really working on those patterns. We've been doing the stuff in the buildup and our buildups looked really nice. I never really was freaking out in our own half, like, oh, we're going to lose this ball and there's going to be a counter right down our throat. It seemed like we were pretty confident in our own half. Once we get to that final third, just not that many ideas right now. To that end, the fire in the bottom third and passing accuracy ending in the final third. However, just looking at the picture overall and sort of using numbers to explain what happened in the first two games, the fire in the bottom third and passing accuracy in the final third. And they're below average in attempts into the final third. So they're not attempting to do so. And Hmm. once they get there, it's not as accurate as it should be. And that just is practice reps. They've been working on their own half. They've been trying to make sure we're not conceding silly goals. And then we can build forward after that. So that's just what that means to me. We are in the bottom quarter of the league and expected goals that just, we all could have said that we all have seen the games. We know, however, we are above average of passes into the box. So once we get there, we're moving it into the box quickly. And I think with a striker like Shabilko with Shakiri pulling the strings, I think that's a good sign. So I think throughout the season, we'll get better and better in that final third. I wish it would have happened sooner, but no goals conceded so far. Our expected goals against is 1.7, is the sixth best in the league. And we've only been dribbled by six times, and that's a league best. The next closest is 10. So our wow. defenders are hard to beat. Our midfielders are hard to beat. And we, are, we have a nice, solid structure at the back. That's kind of explaining... Well, we're not creating yet, but no goals conceded. That's better than last season. Yeah, and I clearly the defense was the Achilles heel for yeah. the fire last year. So as a new coach coming in, that's the reaction that I would want as well, is we are going to fix this first before we worry about anything else. Right, defense and silly giveaways. Yeah. And that I think Ezra has made it a point. We're going to know where people should be and when, when we're building up. Yep, that's great. Coming up next for the fire, traveling to DC for a matchup against DC United, Saturday, March 12th at 6.30. Now, last year, DC got the best of us. Especially at their place. 3 nothing and one nothing. Um It's considered being hit by the chaos hammer. I just want to say that because it's fun to say. Uh, They play weird. They play with three at the back and come at you with different angles, with aggressive runs, and they expect to win 50-50s in the midfield. Hopefully we can 
prevent them from doing that and then streaking right at our goal. And I think with our structure, we'll be okay. Last game, they played all game, nothing, nothing. They had a player sent off, so they're down to 10 men. They win a free kick in their own half, boot it downfield, and handball in the box, win a penalty well past the 90th minute. And Ola Kamara, we cannot give up a penalty against this guy. He's 11 for 12. He's pretty much automatic. And even I think that, yeah, yeah, he's... He was like in the golden boot race last year. I think a ton of his goals were from the spot. Yeah. Looking back on it. So, yeah, don't let that happen. (laughs) Yeah. No pens because he'll put it away. Mm -hmm. And then Estrada is the name to watch out for. A new acquisition for DC. He's good. He's creative and goal dangerous. We need to keep an eye on him in the midfield. Thank you, Brad, for the breakdown. Looking forward to tuning in to watch that matchup this coming weekend. Again, that is the fire at DC United, Saturday, March 12th, 6.30. Before we say goodbye to the fire for this week, I want to touch base really quick on Shakiri and how it was watching him live since we didn't touch on that. Is he as much fun to watch in person as we thought he would be? Yeah, I thought he was fun. Yeah, he, he was, I don't know, I was hyped to see him just because this is my first time getting to see like a Liverpool player like in person. So mm-hmm. that was really unique for me, uh, even though, you know, it's obviously ex-Liverpool, but still that was really cool. Sure. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, yeah, he's got the skills. I yeah. feel like he's very aware. He puts the ball, like we were talking about last week, in very dangerous places, you know. He's living up to the hype. Now we just need to execute. Excellent. Yeah, he's very technically exquisite. It's fun to watch him play. He beat a couple people and even to get himself into like weird corners where he was surrounded by bodies because Orlando was aware of him and made sure he was well covered. Still was fun to see him just beat people over and over. And he definitely has the techers. Um, What he was doing, which was fun to see from his tactical perspective is he was creating overloads. He was going to one side. And when he was on that side, we'd have numbers. And if the, it wasn't on, if there, if he was well covered, which he was most of the game, we need to go the opposite side. And the better, the more times that we can build up without the ball touching Shakiri and him just being a decoy, the better we're off. We're going to be, because then he can be there to make the final touch instead of maybe getting the assist and whatnot. I think, the better, more goals he has because he'll create assists. That's something that's going to happen. The more goals he has, the better the fire are overall. Thank you for the analysis. Looking forward to watching Shakiri along with the rest of the fire next week, this coming weekend. All right. Game of the week time. We chose a matchup between the two Titans in the Italian Serie A. Napoli versus AC Milan. Now, Brady loves Italian soccer. So excited. Absolutely to talk loves about it. this one. Dave and myself, eh, not what? so much. Dave, what? what is your gripe with Italian soccer? I've I think I've said it on this podcast before. Just it ends up getting bogged a little too down with the tactics for me at times. It is enjoyable what? to watch it, but I feel like it's low <laughs> scoring and, and the goals are not very often gratifying. 
including this game. So how is that even? We all lost this one. <laughs> God. AC Milan came away with the victory here, one to zero. No chance for a Brady rebuttal there. However, <laughs> we will move into lineups and Brady, go ahead and break it down. I disagree vehemently. No, okay. no, no. Lineups. Okay, fine. <laughs> Napoli played in a 4 2 3 1. Uh, both teams played a similar, but with a slight tweak on their system. So I'll go into it. David Ospina in goal, Di Lorenzo, Ramani, Koulibaly, Mario Rui at, ba- at the back, Fabian Ruiz, Stanislav Lobotka at those holding midfield spots, Politano, Zielinski, Insignia playing in those attacking mid spots, and Osimhen at striker. And then AC Milan played a 4-3-3, and we'll get into that in a little bit more. Mignan in goal, Calabria, Kalulu, Tomori, Hernandez at the back. Benacer, Tonali, Kessier played the three midfielders, and I purposely have not given them different roles. <laughs> and then Macias, Rafael Leal, and Giroud up top. Have I been saying that wrong my entire life? Does it, do you really pronounce the D? Like I, I wanted to ask this live on the pod because I thought it was <laughs> Giroud. And then all of a sudden the <laughs> CBS announcer is throwing in the D there like casually, like nice. drives me nuts. I don't know. <laughs> well phrased. Made something uh, silent and I had no idea. <laughs> I think he is French. So it's, it's up to you and your, how you want to say art, you be artistic uh, yeah. opinion. Of the- yeah. <laughs> Do your take. I mean, I've always uh, called him Giroud with the D. Okay. I, All right. I took French for four years. My instinct would be Giroud. Giroud. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, All right. Whatever. I'll bet he responds to both. Ex Chelsea guy. Yes, he probably does. <laughs> <laughs> also handsome because. Yes. Yeah. Because Chelsea. Yeah. No. We got some smoke shows on Chelsea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Napoli's 4-2-3-1 was just that. They didn't do a whole lot of crossing over. Uh, Insignia does the thing where he pinches inside and he creates from there, lets his fullback overlap. Uh, So not too much going on with Napoli's game, and I think that's part of the reason that they fell to Milan in this one. Meanwhile, Milan truly played a 4-3-3, and those three midfielders would switch all the time. Uh, at one point, Benacer was the 10, but then Tonali, who played mostly the six, played the 10. And then Kessier would move up there. Kessier is a baller, by the way. Don't try and take it off of him 1v1 in a duel. That He's strong as heck. He was super smart. Anyway, so Milan didn't pick one specific person to be the 10 and then two sixes. They would rotate as well as they would switch from having two holding midfielders and one 10 to one holding midfielder and then two eight slash tens in front of them. And they would do it appropriately each time that Napoli would try and make a move. Also, Milan's one-touch passing, especially as they'd go down the field, was awesome. And they just were the better team in this game for me. Well, you certainly have plenty to say about that. However, (laughs) the first half was scoreless. Okay, so tactic, 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 tactic. Zero, zero. Okay. Do you guys want to talk about violence? Did you see the Giroud gash? No. Eh. 
I did, but <laughs> I kind of shrugged it off. <laughs> it looked like it was half an inch deep. Like he went down grabbing his ankle. I was like, ah, it's just another, you know, the soccer player doing that. And then the yeah, camera yeah. zoomed in and this thing. There was, was a lot of that this game. <laughs> There's a lot of screaming. And like I will <laughs> say, yeah, the Italians have nailed the, I mean, they're already dramatic, but the Italian league has nailed, like you can hear them every mm-hmm. single time they go down. They are really about that. I was fouled. <laughs> and the world shall know. Yes. Uh, I just said that Milan were the better team. Napoli was good for the first 10, 15 minutes, got a couple shots on. And then mm. Milan had themselves a penalty shout. It was a handball or something. I can't even remember now. So anything that Napoli was doing well was just being counteracted by Milan. And so after 28 minutes or so, Milan just looked better better one touch passing anytime that Napoli would get close. They just Milan would get out of it with quick passing. It was great to see. And then Napoli would just fall into a low block, which they tend to do. And then Milan would counteract uh, counter at them super fast, really good players. Rafael Leao is a baller. That dude is very good. And I think a, an effect of the effective countering from Milan was there's a lot of yellow card fouls. Yeah. That I saw for Napoli. A lot, yeah. a lot. And they were just forced into them. They were people would right. beat them and they'd have to drag them down. And it's Italy. So they're going to drag them down and take that yellow card. <laughs> and I mean, that's definitely a tactic too. So it was this was more interesting than other Italian matches that I've watched. I'll give you that. Score-wise, not so much, but I it might also just speak to I'm watching more soccer. I'm understanding more of it. Anyway. The one goal that took place did so in the second half of this match, and it was our boy, Giroud, 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 whatever you want. (laughs) Not the third one. (laughs) In the 49th minute, putting it away for AC Milan. Speaking of someone screaming and getting themselves a free kick rather cleverly, <laughs> uh, Hernandez was playing left back and yet gets fouled on the right side of the field. Yeah. So on that, but on that play, he, while he's falling down, he's going to grab the ball, which why in that situation, do you want to do that? This, I was told by a coach a long time ago. This is to force the ref to make a decision, especially if you think you've been fouled and there might be a counter going at your team the other way. You grab the ball, so he's either going to call a handball on you and then you can make a big deal about it and then everyone goes back to their stations and then you've prevented any counterattack. Or hmm. you force the ref to blow the whistle, call the foul, because otherwise he might not have. It might have been ticky-tack, whatever. This is just a way... Uh, I mean, it's Italian in its own tactics, but... It's a way for a soccer player to force a ref to make a decision. So is this, this might be a reach, but is it kind of like in basketball where if you do a pump fake and get your defender to leave his feet and then jump into your defender and take the shot, the ref has to call that foul or um, actually, I don't think there's another option that that is a penalty on the defender. I would say it's even more akin to when a basketball player knows he's fouled and he just throws it up towards the basket just in case it's going to go in. Okay. Because okay. one, you're forcing the ref to make the call. And then two, you might get a, a random benefit from this okay. that you wouldn't have okay. gotten before. Okay. Got it. 
But in this case, he got a benefit out of it. He gets the free kick and then the free kick uh, results in a goal here because the ball was good enough, defended well enough by Napoli, even blocked the second shot. But you have to watch Giroud's movement. He is so smart. He's just, Mm. this is what strikers do. And this is why he still has a job in this sport is because he goes around from the far post, sneaks in behind the defenders. They're Mm -hmm. not looking at him, gives a nice slight push to his defender that's in front of him. And then the shot that's coming at him, he just has the reflexes to just give a nice little touch into that far post. Boop. Gentle. Still doing it. Beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) So, Blunt takes the early lead in the second half, 49th minute, one to zero. But the last 15 minutes of this game got spicy. Subs came in. We had a famous player take the field. Even. Oh, so a legend. Yes. Yeah, Zlatan. Zlatan comes back from an Achilles injury. Good to see him. I hope he never retires. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and honestly, who wouldn't sign him? He may just say. head in a goal for you. I was going to say, yep. uh, his return trip to the MLS, the fire interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Also, there were just argy-bargy. There was just shoving matches. That yeah. People were getting yeah. mad all over the field, including in the middle of the box while the game is still going on. <laughs> okay. yeah. 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 Even though we had some subs come in, there was plenty of pushing, shoving on the field. Napoli was not able to mount a comeback. AC Milan comes away with the victory, 1-2-0, which means Herman wins predictions. Oh, wow. The whole world can rejoice. <laughs> we are all happy. Herman won, rest of the world, zero. Still so argue we all lost. But <laughs> uh, Aftermath of this game, AC Milan, first place in Italy. Pretty exciting stuff. We do have an extra game. We... They do have an extra game on Inter. Uh, I'm revealing some. Is it we already, Brady? Interesting. Because <laughs> hmm. I seem Rosso to remember Neri. you picking the other team. I did. I did think Napoli were going to win this one, but who knows what we're talking about anyway. If you're so, you guys have been bashing Italy all in jest, but well, if you're prepping for the. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> real quick, I think uh, Liverpool are going to absolutely slaughter in or in the middle of the week. So they're going to be pretty demoralized come this weekend. So yeah, there's a reason why the Italians haven't won the champions league in 10 years. So, all right. Nice. Well, (laughs) if you're prepping for the world cup, watch Italian soccer. There are names everywhere on every team. If you're watching a world cup game going, where does that player play? Most likely it's in Italy. They do have a good national team. So I'll give them that. Looking at the EPL table, we will start with who is on top of our three teams. That would be you, Dave, and Liverpool, as you know. You're putting me on the spot. I'll go first. Yeah. Oh, I'm putting like you I on said, the spot. Inter Milan, by the time you're listening to this, we'll have beaten them and moved on in the Champions League. <laughs> nice. Uh, we face Brighton this week, which, like I said, uh, can be a past. And West Ham was a pass this weekend. I was not very impressed with the game uh, defensively. There were some pretty big scares, and we were lucky to pull off the W. But I'm still going to be cocky until you know we lose. So I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> uh, next week, before the 
following pod comes out, we'll play Arsenal in the middle of the week because the FA Cup is back on weekends again. So that's going to be a big one next Wednesday. Arsenal, Liverpool, because Arsenal is trying to crawl back into a Champions League spot. They have a lot to play for. Liverpool, do your job. Yes, yes, we will. Mm -hmm. They shall. Uh, Next up, Chelsea, of course. They gave Burnley a four to nil thrashing on Saturday. They which, didn't score hey, until the second half. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you know, warmed up. Reese James, Reese James came back, scored the first goal for the team on his return. Havertz scored twice, Pulisic once. But that's what you should do against Burnley because they're going to get relegated. So, Reese James being back is a big deal for Chelsea. Big. Big, yes, big it deal. is. Been waiting for that for a long time. Other big news, kind of interesting news, actually, is Chelsea's ownership is up for purchase. Bids mm. are coming in from all over the world, including why. Jets owner Woody Johnson and the Ricketts family, oh. who, for those of you that don't know, own the Cubs. Kind of okay. interesting. Yes. Yeah. And also a Saudi group as well. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Most yeah. So. <laughs> Who are probably the front runners. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Coming up, Chelsea has matches against some more not very good teams. Norwich City this Thursday and Newcastle on Sunday. Next week, they play Lille on Wednesday in Champions League. Should be able to clean that up nicely. Yep. And then quarterfinals of the FA Cup. They play Middlesbrough Saturday. So, uh, yeah, they've got some really easy matches coming up. I hope that, you know, we have some more uh, 4-0 wins coming coming our way. Brady, Tottenham. Speaking of big wins, Tottenham today, 5-0 against Everton. Commanding, Mm. dominating. Thank you for your service. (laughs) Of course, up to six in the table with games in hand, which is good. Uh, I do want to mention Everton seemed to be barely trying. Just Lampard looked distraught. Lots of work to do. Could easily be relegated for me. Hmm. Makes that win against Burnley Burnley a little more annoying for me, Herman, because Burnley is like (laughs) the one team that might jump out of relegation zone and switch spots with Everton. But whatever, it's okay. They've been in pretty good form against uh, teams that aren't in the top half of the table. So I think Burnley could throw it together, switch spots. It's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's wild. Like that team shouldn't be close. They've got quite a a bit of talent on their squad. Amazing how poorly they played today in in general. Hmm. Karma. It actually makes me concerned for Spurs specifically though. We scored, this game went absolutely perfectly to plan, scored an early goal. In fact, it was an own goal that then forces Everton to come play and Spurs can counter you. The book is out on that. Mm -hmm. It also means that if we don't score early, teams know, just play compact. They can't break down a defense that's there. And I just, I fear that now everyone knows how to play Spurs. And unless we score a goal early, Game's not going to go our way. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. It's been that way for years. <laughs> wow. I'm <No> kidding. <laughs> it's, it's also the... <laughs> just 
being aggressive and angry. I it's partially because of the three back. It's the way Conte plays. Conte actually, when he won with Chelsea, it's because they would score early often and then buckle it down. So yeah. it is a it's because of how the manager plays. I still think we need to work on that. Final third defense is there. Find a way to score. We've got good enough players. Definitely. I like your optimism, Brad. Looking ahead to next week, we got to pick a game of the week. Where are we going to go? Syria, MLS, EPL? Who knows? You're about to know. Next week's game of the week is Manchester United versus Tottenham Hotspurs. Saturday, yeah. March 12th at 11.30 a.m. That's a perfect time. If you wake up late in the day, you can still tune in. If you wake up early, you got enough time to have coffee, have breakfast before the game starts. 11, 11.30 kickoff. Mm-hmm. Time for predictions. I'm going first, and I'm sorry to do this to you, Brady, but I'm taking man you. Two to one over the Hotspurs. Not for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave. I'm going to go Tottenham three to one. I don't oh, think Man U is any good at all. And like Brady said, good counterattack. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say Spurs two to one. Be a little bit more conservative. Man U playing at home. I think they'll grab one. But their counter defense specifically, because they're trying to morph themselves into this pressing team, is poor. And Fred can be dribbled by. McTominay is interested for the first like 40 minutes of defending. And then after that, if it doesn't go well, he seems to kind of get lost defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, CR7, Cristiano Ronaldo had a injury this past weekend, so didn't play against Man City. Probably a good PR move as well. Um, so we'll see if he comes back for this one. I personally hope not, even though I do love him, but I don't want to see him play. In other games that are happening this coming week, Brad, more EPL. More Spurs focus because Arsenal v. Leicester. Come on, you Foxes. I need yeah. Arsenal to start losing some games. They're playing too well. And I need them to drop out of that top four race so that the Spurs can just jump right up in there. Yes, please. Jurgen Klopp's going to play some mind games with our Teta next week. So it'll get fixed. He gets in that guy's head so easily. (laughs) So just (laughs) it tends to be like the subject of conversation after Liverpool Arsenal game. So he just fumes about it for weeks. Love it. We'll take care of it. It's going to be an EPL weekend. I can tell, but also some fire stuck in there. Closing thoughts from either of you lads before we wrap things up. I don't know. Hoping the fire come out, grab a goal, continue the clean sheet run for another game. That's kind of what I'm crossing my fingers for. I need a, I need to see some scoring. Please. Structure versus chaos. I'm just hoping for a one miller. With the fire. So I'm, t- I'm not asking for more than one. I just want a goal. <laughs> and then keep them out. A goal. Yes. Uno a cero. That's it. <laughs> oh, you know, we did forget to talk about, there was like a fan during the fire game that screamed out, uh, 
the fire were like trash, like at the end of the game. Like, and I was, yeah, I, you didn't hear that. Like there's a guy like that. screaming from behind us, like saying, this team sucks anyways. Like give them the goal, like during that <laughs> handball thing. And then I was like, like, I'm still very optimistic, even though like I've kind of tempered down my expectations, but it, it was pretty shocking to hear a fan, like take that harsh of a, an opinion. Cause I felt like outside of that one guy, the energy was the complete opposite way in the stadium. Yeah. And I think it should continue to be, cause like Brady's saying, like, let's get our structure down. Let's focus on defense first. And that, that, finishing third will come throughout the season. You guys remember when I was teaching you soccer and we put together that amazing team of non-soccer yeah. players. I started with defense. <laughs> I was like, this is where you need to be. Try and be there, please. <laughs> yep. He's just doing That's that at a true. more professional level. Well, thank you listener for tuning in yet again to the Windy City Wingers. Feel free to shoot us an email, windycitywingers.info at gmail.com with thoughts, comments, concerns, feedback, or discussion points you want to hear on the podcast. Brady, where can our listeners reach out directly to you if they want to? I am stat underscore bro on Twitter, and I am at bradthebard13 on Instagram. And Dave, if our listeners want to hit you up, where can they do that? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WindyCity underscore Dave. Excellent. Thank you both. Thank you to all our listeners. We will catch you again next week. Now, here it goes.